This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, committed to assisting businesses impaired by COVID-19. Trustmark is now providing small business loans through the Paycheck Protection Program. More information at trustmark.com slash PPP. Member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lodridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. The Mississippi Department of Employment Security has been a very busy place for the last 10 months. Today we'll find out what's going on in 2021, and you can have your unemployment questions answered by representatives from MDES. Also, our personal financial advisors are on hand ready to take questions as well. Contact us by email. Our address is money at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Nancy. What financial news do you have to share today? Good morning. Well, Kevin, for uh, months we've been talking about the bad economy, and certainly we'll hear about more on the unemployment side as those claims have been rising. At the same time, we're starting to get projections about the full year. And as the vaccine is rolled out, uh, we'll see demand pick up. And we're seeing predictions of a GDP growth of 6.8 to 7.1 percent. That's amazing. And also a projection that the unemployment rate will back down to 4.1 by the end of the year. All right. That sounds a bright future ahead in 2021, hopefully. Uh, Ryder, good morning to you. What about uh, financial news that caught your eye this week? Good morning. Um, So one thing that's obviously a pretty big story around here, kind of across the South, has been the the ice storms, the snowstorms, the record-setting cold weather uh, that's really wreaked havoc on on people's lives across the South. Um, I I think particularly there's going to be a ton of stories coming out of Texas that are very um, both sad and frustrating and also very interesting from a financial standpoint. But one of the things that it made me think about uh, recently, it's it's something I've I've kind of thought about, you know, on and off, and developing my my thoughts on through the years, is how in emergencies like this, you know, it's it's not necessarily your financial assets that get you through. Like, you know, if you had money in the bank, that's great, but like, if your power and gas are cut off and you don't have any water, like, what does that do for you? And so, talking about the value of your relationships with other people, the value of your physical uh, preparedness in the world, uh, that's a whole segment we could get into, but particularly the value of kind of just having good neighbors. And um, a lot of this is, you know, people have been talking about this a lot in the past couple of years in terms of mutual aid, being able to um, both help your neighbors and receive help from them, uh, from people in your community who you know or don't know. And so I was, I've been working to kind of quantify that and talk about exactly how important it is and how it plays a role in folks' financial pictures um, that I've been uh, doing a bit of writing about lately. Um, I have had something uh, via an email recently that I'm not sure if it's a phishing thing or not, but I'll just maybe some quick thoughts on this. It's it's an email from supposedly Netflix saying, hey, we've got great shows. Uh, we want you to subscribe here. Click this link to subscribe. And at the bottom, it says I'm on the list because I had created an account, which I did have a Netflix account way back in the day when they still sent out physical DVDs. 
Um, but my thought would be, in this day and age with fishing and that sort of thing, any company legitimately trying to reach out that way seems to me a bit sketchy because I'm, you know, skeptical that it's really Netflix. Um, Nancy, do you have any yeah. thoughts? Or well, let's go with you, Ryder. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, so, you know, Netflix, a company that you have an account with, you know, they have a way of communicating. You know, they have a, you know, you, you'll know, you know, things that come officially from them. I think um, recently PayPal put out, you know, a, a kind of big warning about phishing, obviously financial, big target for phishing attacks. And they put out something that said specifically how they would reach out to you and it dealt with the way they would address you you know they would use your paypal name or something you know which not necessarily everyone would have so kind of an extra layer of security um just knowing that that is coming from them but absolutely these organizations already have a way of reaching out to you they often have a messaging um, capability within their application or on their website and they often have specific email addresses that things will come from specific phone numbers you can call and that's just an extra layer of security knowing that you're actually communicating with the correct organization and and like i said i did have an account with them years ago so maybe this was their effort to you know get lapsed members uh, to re-sign up but like i say it just seems a rather odd approach uh, in the current times uh liz gill our producer had a quick uh, tip about phishing and i've heard a, a similar thing she says if you attempt to forward the message you can see where the actual email is coming from the other thing i've heard sometimes if you're in an email program if you'll hover your mouse over uh where the sender is from you'll get you know what the actual email address it's coming from is and a lot of times that is a giveaway if it's you know from netflix but it's some strange email you know maybe not to do that the other thing that caught my eye was it said that uh, 7.99 but it said usd for us dollars which i thought seemed rather odd anyway but maybe just a reminder uh, to be vigilant about the uh, offers that you get uh, via email we and have, Kevin, yeah. um, I, I would just mention to you that uh, we're hearing from some clients. Um, they're getting emails from people who are really kind of scaring them up about their bank accounts and um, telling them that the government is going to take money out of their accounts. The latest one, and I had a client forward this to me to ask me to look at this, and of course my first thought was when I see that this is coming from a financial analyst who is, quote, hiding out in rural Argentina. Um, I think that's very suspect. And, was it Butch um, Cassidy? I don't know. But um, but there are some of these financial scams out there. So please be aware of those and be cautious about clicking on anything. Um, understand that the government is not going to be able to put their hands in your accounts unless you owe taxes. Yeah, and like I said, to me, I uh, unfortunately almost anything I get, I'm ex I'm immediately skeptical of. The other day, I got one that said, you know, here's your invoice for two hundred ninety nine ninety nine on your account or whatever. It, it, no details of what supposedly I had paid for or where it came from or whatever. But you know, it's click here to verify this or that. And I'm like, I don't think I'm doing that. So uh, we've got a caller on the line. So why don't we say good morning to uh, to Sue in, in Beaumont? Good morning, Sue. You're on the air with us. Yes, sir. I'd like to ask a question. I um, I got a Capital One solicitation letter for a credit card, and uh, five years ago I opted out by making a phone call to them. But this time, you have to uh, 
to opt out the number at the bottom of the letter. I don't want to get solicitation cards. In this. I mean, they send me these four pages of stuff about getting on a credit card, and I said, no, I don't want it. Okay, when I call this opt-out number, they want to know your your birth date, your social security number, your name address, your former addresses. I mean, they ask everything. So nosy and intrusive to try to opt out. How do I get off? How do I get them off my? How do I get them off my mailing list? You know what I mean? Ooh, that's a tough one um, because I would not give them personal information. Certainly, you don't want to do that. Um, my best advice would be simply to mark the envelope return to sender. Understand that most legitimate companies don't want to waste money on somebody who's not interested in their services. So that might be the best way to approach it rather than trying to call them and then give out information that they can use against you. So, uh, yeah, mail is a lot harder to opt out of. Um, you know, you can't block it as easily as you can just block an email address. You know, it's not as highly regulated as phone calls. But the um, FTC uh, does have some information about how to, how you can start trying <laughs> to go about that. Uh, um, uh, getting your name off of, you know, trade lists, advertising lists, solicitation lists, things like that. So I would check um, with the FTC, you know, FTC.gov, the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, they do have some useful information for consumers opting out of all sorts of solicitations. The Attorney General of Mississippi could help. I mean, I think I finally had to call them years ago to get to finally get Capital One off my back for calling me all the time. Not calling, but these solicitation letters potentially but the attorney general really would only come into play if there's some if it's if it's more along the lines of a scam you know it's not actually capital one if, if they can help identify some party who is uh, mimicking capital one to try to get your personal information which you know some of this may very well be um, you know t totally fake totally fraudulent uh, material, but that's a little more along the lines of when they would get involved in something in that. Someone just sending you unsolicited junk mail, you know, you know man, we we all get it. You know, uh, the attorney general, I'm sure, receives a lot of unsolicited junk mail every day uh, herself. Uh, or wait, who do we have now? Himself? Herself. Who do we have? Herself. Okay, herself. Um, so. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Th this does not quite a matter that they would um, they would address. If it is legitimately Capital One, just send a new junk mail. All right, uh, Sue, thanks for the call. I would just say, though, it doesn't hurt to call. I mean, you might not get anywhere, but it might, uh, you know, maybe just call the Consumer Protection uh, Department of the Attorney General's office and see if they can give some assistance. If not, uh, you know, just uh, no, no harm, no foul, as we used to say in uh, basketball. If you have a question for our experts, you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're talking about unemployment benefits this morning. How much does MDES charge to help you get unemployment benefits? We have that information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. 
Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family. From mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life's disruptions, whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Listening to Money Talks, our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here along with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We're here today with guests from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. Throughout the hour, we'll be talking with Jackie Turner, the Executive Director, Deputy Executive Director John Garrett, and the Director of the Office of Reemployment Assistance, Irma Cook. There is no fee for unemployment services through MDES. They do not solicit payments on social media, and employees are prohibited from using social media to assist customers. If you're ever asked to pay for a fee for the services, do not pay them and report it to MDES. Uh, Before we jump into things, it looks like we have an unemployment-related question on the line, so let's start by going to Daniel in Pascagoula. Good morning, Daniel. You're on the air. Uh, Good morning, uh, the fathers of MPB. I thank you all for your services. I I wish we had you on all the TV channels so people could get educated. And also, I wanted to date the uh, Mississippi Unemployment for being there, not being biased, and being there for the people. I appreciate y'all services. Uh, when I was confused, y'all were there for me. What I needed to find out was I had them take out uh, 10% of my unemployment on my federal and state. I just wanted to make sure that I had them take out enough. And and, and the job that I was doing was uh, uh, lift services, self-employed lift. And uh, my uh, my uh, payroll and all had got reduced, and it got kind of hard out there. So right now, I'm just doing the homework, the unemployment homework that you have to do every week until I find something else. So I wanted to find out, did I take out enough unemployment, and how should I file it? Good morning, Daniel. This is Jackie Turner from Employment Security. Uh, Thank you for sending your appreciation to us. We've worked really hard this year, and it's been quite an effort, and so we appreciate your kind words. Uh, If if you took out enough, uh, we take out federal income tax, not state income tax at at this time, And, and people who are drawing unemployment have an option whether to go ahead and take that federal tax out or not, and yes, it is 10%. Uh, when it's for us, whether it's enough, it will. It, it depends on your tax process and your individual filing with the, uh, the the IRS and the state 
Revenue Department here in Mississippi um, to determine whether it is enough or not depends on whatever, what else, what other um, revenue and expenditures you have claiming for the year. Okay, and because um, I was told I need to, this is a whole new thing for me. Being was being self-employed, so I was told that their advice was to try to do a long form and all those tax break breaks and different things that are out there for me i need to go ahead and uh do it that way than doing a short form i guess 1099 well we we can't give tax advice uh since we are right. we're just one form you know of right. payment that so and we so we don't want to give that um, maybe the the people from MPB will give you some advice, but I, I won't um, comment on that. But I did want to point out something that you said, which is for all people filing unemployment, is the work search that you referred to, the homework. Yes. That is yes. required every week to continue receiving unemployment. So uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that in your opening comments. Yeah, I want to thank you. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Dana, I was just going to say, uh, in legal terms, the show which follows M uh, uh, Money Talks on March 16th, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a tax expert on. So those tax questions you had, uh, we'll have help for you in a couple weeks on in legal terms. Oh, I love y'all. Thank you for being there for the people. We appreciate it. All right. Very much. And, yeah. And God bless to you. Good to hear and from you, I Daniel. I just want to add a Go ahead, Ryder. Things. Daniel, Daniel, those are uh, very important questions, and I know there's going to be just an unprecedented amount of people having those exact same questions this year. Um, you know, he referenced a number of things. One, he's self-employed, so it does make his taxes more complicated. Uh, he has different forms that he's going to file. You know, a lot of people can file, you know, the kind of short 1040 is what he referred to earlier, but he may have to do... Uh, a more complicated filing, but it does allow him to keep track of expenses related to his work and use those to reduce his taxable income. You know, if you have a long commute, you know, if you if you have significant, you know, equipment you have to buy for yourself or, you know, um, uniforms or something like that, there, there can be significant uh, expenses that you might have as a self-employed person. Um, I would highly recommend, it sounds like, if he has not worked with a professional tax preparer before, to work with a professional tax preparer again, uh, or this time. And I'm always, always, always tell folks to be wary of the kind of, you know, fly by night, we'll do your taxes, they've got a man holding a sign, dancing on the side of the highway places, uh, go with uh, a place that's going to have a little more broad expertise. And those places have a very specific expertise, usually. And it's not necessarily for self-employed folks. It's not necessarily for folks with income uh, that looks like his. Uh, but a more established place, you know, even just, you know, the, the I believe uh, what, there's a couple there's a couple of uh, fairly well-known ones. I believe H&R Block is one of them. Um, they may have the expertise there, but also make sure that you know what they're charging you and kind of be upfront about that and what you can afford. And um, lastly, as far as what he's going to owe, so, you know, that, of course, uh, like we said, depends on your total income situation, but 10% withholding for a single person making up to 50-something thousand dollars is going to be adequate. 
uh, it's going to be more than adequate in many folks' cases, especially, again, self-employed, you've got a lot of deductions. Just because that's where the tax brackets fall, um, he would still be under a 12% maximum tax bracket at, at about $50,000 once you take into account the standard deduction. So, so yeah, as long as you don't have uh, much higher income over that, then that's going to be adequate. But do, do seek a professional to help you with your taxes because they're going to be extra complicated this year. All right. We've got another unemployment question on the line. We'll go to Bobby in Yazoo this time. Good morning, Bobby. You're on the air. What's your question? Uh, yes, sir. I live in Yazoo City. It's a small little community. And I went around and virtually asked everybody to file uh, applications at the store, and I've kind of run out. Can can I use the same uh, stores to refile again so make sure I qualify for my unemployment? Um, hi, Bobby. Thank you for calling in this morning. Yes, you will be able to use some of the same employers, but only after four weeks. So you want to have at least four consecutive weeks of different employers, and then you can start the cycle again because of the fact that you're in a small, small community area. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll add, Bobby, that if you are, I don't know if you're using our online services, our Mississippi Works uh, employ, uh, job match system, but that is another way to search for jobs, uh, not in person, but electronically through our Mississippi Works system. So if you go on our website at www.mdes.ms.gov and register for work, uh, there, then that will also allow you some different work options in applications. Uh, let me just re-mention that. Uh, Jackie just mentioned their website. Important to have that. Lots of great information there, and that's probably always a good place to start when you have some questions. It's mdes.ms.gov. We're visiting with folks from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. We're talking to the Executive Director, Jackie Turner, Deputy Director, John Garrett, and Director of the Office of Reemployment Assistance, Irma Cook. I'm going to mention a couple of programs, and let's start with the Federal Pandemic Unemployment Compensation Program. Uh, is this a renewal of a, pro a program that was uh, begun in the summer? Uh, yes, that, uh, we call it affectionately the FPUC program, but <laughs> in the, back in the summer, it was an additional $600 added to any of the programs that were that we were having to administer during that time. That ended at the end of July, and at, when the CARES Act was extended uh, for the period ending December, uh, beginning December 27th, um, the federal pandemic program is an additional $300 added to uh, programs that are in effect during this time. So it's not, it is a program, but it is an additional amount of money added to if you qualify for at least $1 of any of the other programs. And those other programs are our regular unemployment program, pandemic emergency unemployment program, uh, pandemic unemployment assistance, and disaster unemployment assistance. So it's right now it is an additional $300 up to 11 weeks for the period ending March 14th if you qualify. And it is an additional $300 through that time. And so what do applicants have to do to try to qualify for this program? 
they, they don't have to do anything separate to qualify for the additional $300. They have to qualify for one of the programs I just stated, uh, regular unemployment, pandemic emergency unemployment, pandemic unemployment assistance, or disaster unemployment assistance. And if you, are, if you qualify for at least $1 of any of those programs, then you would also get the additional $300. So no separate application necessary. And how long will this assistance last? It will last for the through the week ending March 13th. It was um, extended at the end of December for an additional 11 weeks. So, and that time period ends March 13th. If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're discussing unemployment benefits. We've got several callers on the line, and we'll get to those calls after this break on MPB Think Radio. contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things listen to Fix It 101 podcast everywhere. Monday Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the certificate in investment performance measurement from the CFA Institute. We have guests from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security this morning. On the phone with us is Executive Director Jackie Turner, Deputy Director, uh, Deputy Executive Director John Garrett, and the Director of the Office of Reemployment assistance, Irma Cook. Got some calls to get to. Let's start on the phone lines again. Joanna's been holding from Madison. Joanna, good morning. What's your question? Hello. I would like to open an account for my grandson who just turned 15. I guess that's a custodial account. I don't know what kind of account to open. A brokerage account, retirement funds, what? And I have a relationship with CIAA, but I've heard that uh, Fidelity is good, T. Rowe Price. I don't know where to start. Nancy, what are your thoughts? The the companies you mentioned, uh, Joanna, are excellent. Uh, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price. I would also suggest you look at Vanguard. Um, first of all, does your grandson work? Does he work uh, part-time, summer jobs? No. Okay. No. Um, so that answers the question as far as retirement. Then you're just going to do a basic custodial account. I would also encourage you to think about what it is that you want to happen with this money. What is it for? Uh, for his future, whatever that means, for education, for um retirement for starting a business for his future okay if you're not definite that it's going to be for education because if you were talking education i, know, I would point you 529 uh, yes i would point you to mississippi's plans the 529 plans but if not a basic custodial account until he reaches the age of majority which will be 18 i believe and um 
I, I think it would be a good time for you to start educating him about investing, maybe get him a book, let him do some um, uh, research of his own, maybe help him to choose an investment that would fit um, his interest and not necessarily an individual stock, but maybe uh, an exchange-traded fund or a mutual fund that invests in the kind of companies that he's familiar with. Okay. Thank you. Good Thanks. luck. Thanks, Joanna, for your call. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. Next, we'll talk to Henry, who's in Meridian. Henry, you're on the air with us, so go ahead, please. Good morning. Go ahead. My wife, is, all right, my wife has been trying to get uh, her tax form off of the website. And the website uh, doesn't show for individuals to receive to pull the tax form off. She's been trying to call, so is the office open back or is it still closed in Jackson? Are you are you talking about your um, tax form for receiving unemployment? And you're trying That's to get right. to what? Are you trying to get to the Wind Job Center in Jackson? Well, she's been trying to call the Wind Job Center in Jackson to. Uh, get some help with the website but she's been okay. trying to get it off the website because she received an email saying it was available okay uh the wind job centers are open by appointment only and if you were had but if you were still having trouble call if, when you call the jackson wind job center number if offline if you will if henry if you will provide your uh, contact number, then we will get that, and we here will make sure that someone contacts you to help you individually with that. Okay. All right, so Henry, I'm going to put you back on hold, and then if you would, would you tell our call screener some contact information, and the folks at MDES will follow up with you so that they can get you the assistance that you need. Great. Thank All right. You. Thanks for calling. Uh, let's stay on the phone lines. Next, we'll talk to uh, Stephanie in Jackson. Good morning, Stephanie. You're on the air with us, so go ahead. Hi. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have a question regarding uh, the Ticket to Work program for Social Security Administration, and I wanted to know how can the MDES help me with the Ticket to Work? Uh, that ticket to work, we cannot, that is not one of our um, areas of purview, so we can't actually help you in that area. <laughs> oh, you can't? Cannot, no. Okay, do you have a referral, someone you can refer me to, to help with the ticket to work? You know what, I have some contacts at some other agencies, and I'll find out who the correct uh, entity is, so if you'll provide your contact information uh, offline, I will make sure that I can get you in touch with someone who ha can help you about with that. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Again, Stephanie, going to go ahead and put you on hold. Thanks for calling, and we'll get that information, and they, they'll uh, reach out to you again after the show is over. Uh, and, and that's a great question. And, you know, I know when we have Sean Mercer from Social Security, he's one of our uh, most popular <laughs> people to call in and ask questions. That would be a an absolutely stellar question for him as well, if we can remember that for next time. All right. And uh, let, go ahead. Uh, let me just jump in and say that uh, if you are collecting Social Security benefits, if you are full retirement age or 
older and uh, for most people that's going to be in the 66 to 67 year range, you can earn as much as you want to and still not lose out on any of your benefits. I think this Ticket to Work addresses those people who have started collecting early. If you were below that full retirement age, then you could lose some of your benefits depending on how much you're earning elsewhere. So there is a limit. I think it's somewhere in the 17 to 18,000 range right now. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, and today we're visiting with uh, guests from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security. We're talking with the Executive Director, Jackie Turner, the Deputy Executive Director, John Garrett, and the Director of the Office of Reemployment Assistance, Irma Cook. And we have another caller on the line. This time we say good morning to Lee in Tupelo. Lee, you're on the air with us, so go ahead. Good morning, folks. Uh, my question is about my son. He's 25 never applied for unemployment before he had a job in jackson mississippi with energy and was offered a much higher rate uh to come up to blue springs mississippi to work for toyota uh we're talking twenty thousand dollars a year more so he took the job and came to, to blue springs moved up here and within two months he was laid off and when he filed for unemployment back in december it took forever but they finally sent him a thing and it was denied because he had voluntarily left the job at Entergy. Now, he, I told him to file an appeal, put down on there that he, you know, uh, uh, left a, a job for a better paying job and then was laid off for no reason of his own. But what's the, you know, I mean, what's going to happen with this appeal? Is I mean, it's just, my mother said it's because of a 10-week rule or an 8-week rule, something like that, that he has to work at that second job for a certain period. But is this appeal going to be able to go anywhere, or is, is there some other venue we need to, to try? He, he's been without money since December, and I've been having to pay all his bills, so I, I need some help. <laughs> well, first of all, good morning. Um, so you say he's already filed an appeal with MDS, right? Yes, sir. He filed it uh, about two weeks ago, but now it took forever to get the first denial to come back. He filed in December, and we didn't hear anything until the end of January uh, before they, and actually, I think it was the first of February, first of this month, about two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, so he's going it, it, to, yeah. Go ahead. Well, he's going to get what's called a de novo hearing, which they will have an administrative law judge uh, conduct a hearing, and um, he's going to get an opportunity to, to you know tell his facts, and we'll we'll uh, look at the you know apply the law and get a decision, but. So he's going to get like a fresh, clean slate there at the hearing level. And then, of course, um, there's other levels of, of, of appeal for him. There's a board review. and then uh, So I'm glad that he uh, timely, it seems, appealed his uh, decision. And um, so uh, we'll be ready to, to have that hearing for him. Lee, this is Jackie Turner. I, I would also like for you to provide his information offline uh, just so as the callers are calling in so we can just – look at each individual case that the callers are calling for and if we can provide some further guidance that would help we we never get into the middle middle of a, an appeal process but we would be proud to look and make sure that everything is in order for his um in his claim yeah because he, he's he, you know, he's never done this before he, he, he when he first filed he didn't follow up with something like he was supposed to so it got kicked back and they told him to refile again and he's just it's it's been a long drawn out process we hope that he's back to work before all this even has to worry about it uh, you know he's interviewing every week he's in the it industry but there's no jobs you know there's only limited jobs 
in the Tupelo area. So at this point now, he's looking at moving to Nashville, St. Louis, just wherever he can to find a job. Well, we don't want him to leave Mississippi. So, and uh, the thing is, this whole pandemic year, um, people have filed unemployment that never thought they would have to, and have haven't navigated the process. And the unemployment program and all these auxiliary CARES Act programs, they're they're comp they have complicated rules. And um, we have been with the workload. There have been some weeks gone by where people were waiting on decisions, and we would have liked to have not had that happen, but the unprecedented workload has caused not only people to file that never have, and that's an uh, issue in itself, us hiring new people to help and not having long-term knowledge of unemployment, and, but we're all doing the best we can. So if you'll provide his information offline, we'll, look, we'll be glad to look at it for you. All right, Lee, thanks for your call. And again, what I'm going to do, as we've done with the others, is put you on hold so that you can get in touch with our call screener and provide some uh, contact information for a follow-up from MDES. So thanks uh, for calling. Uh, this is Money Talks on uh, MPB Think Radio. Uh, another program, I think, Jackie, you had mentioned earlier, but uh, talk a little bit about the uh, pandemic unemployment assistance. Um, what do workers need to do to claim the PUA? The um, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance is a separate federally funded program that provides unemployment insurance to individuals whose employment is directly impacted by COVID-19. So the uh, workers would just need to go to our website, www.mdes.ms.gov, and they can file an application. Our website is very easy to navigate, and we also have FAQs available, which are facts uh, for additional information should they have additional questions. All right. I think we've got another caller on the line, so we're going to go to Philadelphia. Katrina has called in. Good morning, Katrina. You're on the air. Good morning. Um, I have a couple of questions. The first question I wanted to ask is if, like, your unemployment runs out, the number of weeks that you can draw, like March 13th, is Mississippi going to extend uh, unemployment benefits again, and is the federal government talking about giving a supplement also? The Mississippi benefits are up to 26 weeks, and that hasn't changed the entire time. Um, the CARES Act programs extend, brought in these other programs, the federal pandemic unemployment, the pandemic, all these things, all these acronyms and names. But uh, we, there is talk, and I was just watching the news and, and looking at some of the emails last night. We expect Congress to act on um, another package that very well may extend um, the CARES Act, they may call it something else, but right now it's CARES, the continuation of CARES Act, which ends March 13th. So we expect there to be something else after that. So I think for all of us, it is stay tuned to the news uh, and, uh, and what's going on in Congress to follow it closely to see what's going on. So if you have already drawn your 26 weeks, then you would not be eligible for that federal, in, if they do pass something, is that correct? No, not necessarily. The, the regular state unemployment is up to 26 weeks, 
but then there is part of the CARES Act funding is the extended unemployment, and that uh, was originally an additional 13 weeks in the uh, first CARES Act, and with the extension of the CARES Act uh, that came at the end of December, that's an additional 11 weeks. So if you qualify, um, it is up to 50 weeks potentially that a person can draw even right now with what we have with the programs that have been offered. Okay, so, good. Okay, I have another question. Um, I will be 65 in six months, and I've heard on the program before that whether you intend to draw it, you should sign up for, and I do not remember if it's Social Security or Medicare or both before you turn 65. You need to sign up for Medicare. Uh, that is the age, and you have a window of time um, two months before you turn 65 your birth month plus two months after. And if you don't sign up in that window, then you're gonna have a penalty that you'll live with for the rest of your life. So go ahead and sign up. Is six months too early or do I need to wait to till, until six two months? Six months is, is too early, within two wow. months of your birth month. And Social Security, does it not, I mean, does it not matter when you um, sign up it, for it? It is separate, so are you collecting Social Security right now? Oh, no, I'm working. Okay, so um, you don't have to go ahead and file for Social Security. Um, the Medicare uh, premiums often will come out of your Social Security, so if you are not collecting Social Security, you will have to pay for them separately. Okay, thank you. This information is fantastic. Thank you. Good. Thanks for listening, uh, Katrina. This is uh, Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. been a busy day, and we appreciate uh, the people from the Mississippi Department of Employment Security being on the air with us today and, and offering to do so many follow-ups. Jackie, we certainly appreciate uh, you going above and beyond this morning to help these folks out. Uh, we've got another caller to get to, and so now we're going to say good morning to Terry in Tupelo. Terry, you're on the air, so it's your turn. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I'll make this quick because i got to get out of the car. But this is for the caller, I think, two to three calls ago that had a son that was looking for a job in IT. There's an organization in Mississippi called Innovate Mississippi. They run the coding academies in Starkville and Jackson, and they could be a good resource for him to reach out to. This was prior to the pandemic. 2019, there were 35,000 IT jobs available in Mississippi. So it's something to, to keep in mind, and, and they may be able to point him in the right direction. I know they're sponsored by some very big corporations. Uh, so Innovate Mississippi. Thank you. All right, uh, Terry, we appreciate that call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, we have mentioned the... Uh, federal Pandemic Unemployment Compensation, the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program, uh, and there's another one now. So if you would, let's talk a little bit about the Pandemic Emergency Unemployment Compensation. Uh, what is that and, and, and what does it have to offer? So 
PEUC, the Pandemic Emergency Unemployment Compensation, is a separate 100% federally funded program available to individuals who have exhausted their regular unemployment benefits. So for the caller who called in and um, earlier was talking about if there were additional benefits available, so if she was a person who was receiving the regular unemployment benefits, then we would, uh, she would qualify for the pandemic um, emergency unemployment compensation, which is those additional weeks after regular. Uh, Ryder, we've learned that individuals pay, must pay income tax on the unemployment benefits they receive. So does this mean that they can make a contribution to a retirement account such as a Roth IRA with some of that income? I do not believe that unemployment insurance counts as earned income, uh, which is a requirement for contributing to a Roth or an individual, um, the traditional individual retirement account. All right. Um, we mentioned the website earlier, and it is mdes.ms.gov. Is that the best way to kind of start to get in touch with MDES for folks that might have uh, questions and problems? Um, yes, you can start with the website, and we also have our uh, phone number available, 601-493-9427. Again, that number is 601-493-9427. And if you could, uh, let's talk also about the, the Wynn Job Centers. I know they play an important role in, in helping keep Mississippians employed. What are the Wynn Job Centers, and what can people access uh, from those? Uh, thank you for saying that. Uh, the Wind Job Centers are an important part of the MDS network. They're found all over the state, and if you go to our website, you can see it, exactly where they're located. They are open. They are open, but they are open by appointment only, just be, so that we can manage the crowd because of the COVID. Um, and in that Wind Job Center, right now, you can get some help with unemployment. Uh, you can search for a job. They have veteran services, um, governor's job fair network services, labor market information. Um, the main purpose for the Wind Job Centers is to help in people seeking a job and see if that person, if we can help them find a job or find them training and we have money available for training um, so those are the two main purposes for the wind job centers or for those that are looking for a job and I don't want to forget our employers either uh, employers play I mean we, we can't have jobs without employers so um, the employers we can help employers list jobs available through our wind job center network and our system so that when these people uh, come to us in the Wind Job Centers, either in person or through the website services, that they can also have quality jobs in our system to uh, for us to refer them to. So we encourage employers to use our services as well. Uh, Nancy, I think you had a question. Yes, um, I wanted to ask uh, these folks about how that weekly unemployment benefit is determined. I think the minimum you can get is 106, and I think the maximum in Mississippi is 235, which is the lowest of any state. But how is that determined when, when you sign up? What is the, well, how you get your weekly benefit amount is 126 yes. of your total wages paid in the highest quarter of the base period. 
That's very complicated, but that is the law. <laughs> That's the law. And the base periods, the first four of the last five completed calendar quarters immediately preceding the effective date of the claim. And so you need to have um, records that you can input when you sign up, correct? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. When, when a person sits down and to file for unemployment on our website, it tells you what records to have available. It's important because uh, one of the gentlemen spoke earlier about um, having trouble getting all the way through. The, mo the best advice that we can give is have all of your records available and ready and adequately and thoroughly tell the story when you're filing for your unemployment because if it doesn't match up to um, records that we have here or that your employer has records for, that will stop the claim and, and, have, and require intervention by a person to look at all the evidence. So thoroughly and accurately <laughs> and adequately providing information is the key to a successful um, application process. And I think during this, um, the CARES Act allowed for people who were self-employed or who worked for organizations that did not pay into the system to still qualify. Is that still active? It is. That's Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program. It is still active. It was, uh, it, when the CARES Act was extended at the end of December, it was provided that that would be for an additional 11 weeks as well. Um, Nancy, just a quick follow-up on, on record-keeping. If someone is self-employed, what are some of the kind of things that they need to keep track of in terms of record-keeping? Well, you're going to have expenses, and that's why, as Ryder mentioned earlier in the show, it's usually helpful to have somebody help you with those taxes because they'll know the things that you can deduct, those expenses, cell phone, mileage, anything that relates to your business in producing that income should be a legitimate expense. And we, we have acceptable proofs of income for the pandemic unemployment, uh, and Ms. Cook can go over that real quick. So if it's um, self-employment, you can use your income tax return, you can use your business license, your federal ID number, your business receipts, bank statements, uh, records like that will be very helpful. Or your 1099 form, a cancel check, or um, even an affidavit, and we have those available on our website. All right. Uh, as we close out, Irma, you gave a phone number earlier. If you could repeat the, the office phone number. Yes. That phone number is area code 601-493-9427. Again, 601-943-9427. Our contact centers are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and our regular office business hours are 8 to 5. All right, and there's mdes.ms.gov is the website. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by subscribing to Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Ryder Taff, Jackie Turner, John Garrett, and Irma Cook, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, committed to assisting businesses impaired by COVID-19. Trustmark is now providing small business loans through the Paycheck Protection Program. More information at trustmark.com PPP. Member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 